Welcome everybody to Rewind in the middle of your home for all things racing with me, Thomas Brennan, and my man Keith Bradley. Keith, how's it going? What is going on? How are uh, you? Yeah, it's going good, man. Going good. So I gotta ask you, uh, first up, how was your how was your holiday, man? Did you have a good Easter? Uh, we celebrated Easter on Saturday because, of course, I had to work Sunday. But I mean, it was pretty good. How was yours? It was fun, man. We had a good time, dude. We got to. Uh, we went out to my wife's family for a little bit, and we got to, uh, you know, the kids did the Easter eggs out there, you know, the little plastic ones with candy and all that stuff in them and everything. So they did that, and then um, we were there for a few hours, and then we went over to my cousin's house, and we ate over there like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And so we he had smoked a couple hams. He, he has these huge smokers. Like he has one that's like a Traeger smoker that he, that he bought. That's like this really big one. But then he has this other one that a guy that he works with like custom makes. And they're like, it's like three 55 gallon oil drums that this dude like cuts up and stacks on top of each other with doors. And it's like crazy. And he smokes like just, huge hams and tur like every time we have a holiday and they're doing the dinner like we always have some kind of big ass smoked meat and uh i'm not a ham fan and it it was good it was really good so yeah we had we had smoked, a good time smoked ham is so underrated uh, you know i was really uh is. yeah and i'm not a ham fan and i was like this is pretty damn good so yeah i i I had a good time, man. It was a lot of fun. Didn't get to didn't get to hang out as as long as i would like to you know um with my family and stuff because and you know this as you get older and you have you know kids and a family and everything like that like the 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 time that you have to just hang out whether it's with family or even friends or whatever like it dwindles it just gets less and less as the older you get oh, you know absolutely there's only like, a few days a year yeah yeah I, and you got to take advantage of it when you can yeah you know and i had to i actually had to get home and get to bed because i had to wake up at midnight um that night because I had to, I had work Monday morning. I had to be in Vacaville at 3 a.m. and that's an hour and a half drive for me. So Yikes. I had to be up early. Yeah. So, but it was, it was fun, man. It was a good time. Uh, it was, it was a good time. Now, did you happen to see the Bristol dirt race? I watched it. I did. Now, what'd you think of, what'd you think of the, what'd you think of the next gen car? First of all, on, on, on the dirt. Um, it was better than what I thought. I I'm with you there. It was definitely better than the than the previous generation car. Oh, absolutely, and I, I think a lot of it is the way the track was. Yes, uh, it it didn't really dust get dusty. It didn't really take rubber as much as I thought it would. But then again, it rained, so it helped that. Mm -hmm. But I honestly think it was a better race with it being real tacky and hammered down than per se black slick and taking rubber. I feel yes. like the race probably wouldn't have been as good. But, I mean, I'm still not a big fan of the cup cars on dirt, but it was better for yeah. sure. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it neither, but that one was definitely better. I think those cars with the independent suspension and the way that they are, I think that helps them on dirt. Um, you know, last year, you know, it was – to me, last it was just more of a novelty, right? Like, oh wow, the cup cars are on dirt. Like, ooh, yeah. this is awesome, you know, like that type of thing. But when you watch the race, it was really boring, you know. Like they were, they were basically straight the whole time. It wasn't dirt racing, Single like file it, yeah, you know, it wasn't, bottom. yeah, it wasn't yeah. dirt racing. This year, it they had multiple grooves, even though the race ended, you know, with them up on top. Which at tracks like that, you know, you're gonna usually be when the track wears in like that and you're on a high bank track like that you're gonna be running the top and it wasn't bad it was pretty pretty decent i was uh you know the cars when you know those guys are actually you know the cars were actually kicked sideways a little bit they kind of looked like a dirt car you know for you know slightly i mean <laughs> more than they did previously so it wasn't too bad it was better than i thought it would be um i'm I'm not wanting them to have more dirt races, you know, than that, you know, if no. they want to do the one a year, whatever, that's, 
fine. And un- unfortunately, they're bringing it back next year. Yeah, they are. And that, I think they're going to keep doing that. Um, as long as the TV ratings keeps it in the game, they're going to keep doing yeah, it. Yeah, and that's the thing that's is that – Yeah, and that's the thing. And a lot of people – you know, I heard a lot of people talking about how, well, you know, there wasn't that many people there at the track and, and watching it and stuff. And it's like, okay, well, first of all, the the cup race, you know, the Bristol Dirt Cup race now – is just one part of this huge spectacle of Bristol dirt, right? Like Bristol dirt is become, it's a, what is it? A three week event. Like, I mean, it's, it's just dirt racing for, for weeks, right? Because the first two weeks you get the Bristol dirt nationals with uh, XR racing. Mm -hmm. Then you get the NASCAR weekend. Yep. Then they're off. For a week, mm-hmm. and then you get the outlaws. Coming yeah, and in. then the outlaws yeah. are coming in. So this it's could a be a good sign. For, this could be the a good sign for the outlaws coming back again next year. But who knows? I guess we'll see. I think this year's different with the outlaws, though, because last year it was an invite only race. Yes, and I think this year it's open. Yeah, I think so, so too. It could be a little better. Yeah, I think and the so weather's too. looking better than last year too. Yeah, the I, weather is looking better. You know. Me and Wade went, and it rained one day, and then as soon as the sun went down, man, it the temps dropped big yeah. time. Like, there was a couple times we woke up, and there was ice hanging off our canopy tent. Yeah, see, that's that's that, that's that's cold. <laughs> you, yeah, don't want, it, you don't want to race in that. Fun. Yeah. So, but I mean, on top of all of that, it was also Easter Sunday, and NASCAR has turned into a, it, you know, it's it's television-driven much more than yep, spectator. It's yeah, it's just what it's what has become of it. And you know, to me, like you said, if they keep pulling in the TV ratings because that's what pays the bills now. Yeah, they want butts in the stands, but you know, the the company who puts that on, um I, I can't remember who the hell what the hell their name is again, but um you know, they own multiple tracks and that's that Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And that's a, a you know, people going to the event is just a portion of it, right? Like there's so much more to it. So I'm with you. I think that they're going to keep doing it as long as they can keep pulling in a decent number. And yeah, yeah it was a, it was a decent race. Um, now it was a crazy finish and I, I felt really, I felt horrible. I felt man, horrible I felt for, for Tyler Reddick. Oh <laughs> man. I really did. I felt bad for Briscoe also, you know, Briscoe was fast at the start of that race and he got that flat tire and had to work his way all the way back up. Yeah. And was battling for the lead there and had a chance to win it and threw that slider. And it unfortunately did not work out for him at all. And it was, it was tough. It was tough, man. I felt really bad for Tyler Reddick. Now, Tyler Reddick, I got to give, he handled it like a champ. Yes, he did, man. He I did. got some good insight on that last night. Yeah. So I ended up jumping on Twitter and Twitter has this thing called spaces where you can go in and you can listen to people talk or you can, you can talk as well. And there's two well-known spotters. They were hosting a Twitter spaces. So I, I hopped in and was just listening. And it just so happened to be Brett Griffith, the spotter for colleague and, Freddie Kraft, Bubba Wallace, the spotter, and Tyler Reddick is not handling that whole situation well after the fact. Oh, I imagine. Like, he did a good job when the cameras were on, yeah. but I imagine, yeah. Um, because would, that, that, was, that was rough. Gathering what I got from them, I'd expect Briscoe to get a little bit of not-so-nice play from Reddick the next short track we go to. Yes. Or they go to, not that we go to. But I mean, man, I feel bad for him. Yeah, I feel gutted for Tyler Reddick, and man, he he put a good poker face on at the end. Yeah, yeah, he did. That was tough, man. That was tough. Like I get Briscoe going for it. That was, um, I don't, you know, it's it's hard to be, it's hard to put yourself in that situation, even as you know a former yeah. racer and and someone who's been yeah. around forever. When you're closing in on somebody like that, and you've worked your way all the way back through the pack, and you're right there, and you know you're faster than them, and it's the last lap, and you're going into turn three and four, it's hard to not try to make that move. It really is, and well, it just didn't work out. And I had the privilege of 
talking to both Brett and Freddie last night about it. And I raced with Chase before in mm-hmm. sprint cars and he's, he's never been a dirty guy. He's, he's comes from a very well-known family and they're, they're all amazing. The Briscoes are, are an amazing family, but like I was talking to them about, I would understand the move a little more if Briscoe was really on his bumper. Cause yeah. he came, he came a little ways back. Mm-hmm. And like I told them guys, him being having that dirt track background, and you would have thought it would have kicked in. Like, if I was in a midget, would this work? Probably yeah. not. That guy's probably not walking away. Same with a sprint car. Yeah. Do I no, blame him doing it? No, absolutely not. Because the young generation has changed the way the sport is driven now. Now it's just send it. Ross Chastain proved that at Coda. The gloves are off anymore, which, hey, it's fine. But like Brett Griffin said, early 2000s, you can even go back to the 2010 era. That probably wouldn't have flown. Briscoe would probably be leaving with two black eyes. Yeah, exactly. And Briscoe said that, look, if he punches me, he punches me. Like, I mean, Briscoe, he was like, that's 100% on me. That's my fault. Like, he took took it. I got to give Briscoe a pat on the back for being the bigger man and walking down there after it happened with emotions raw. Yeah intentions high that's a hard thing to do that's a really hard thing to do look we we both sim race and sim racers can't even do that and you're a thousand miles away like they can't press a button be like dude that was my bad like it is a hard thing when you know that you've done when you know you've screwed up it is a hard thing to especially go down face to face and be like dude i my bad like i mean like that's that's bad, man. That is that is a hard thing to do. So, I, yeah, I give him a lot of credit on that because it, there's very like, few people that would do that. Like I said on the spaces, I, I get what he was trying to do. I understand what he was trying to do. Does it make sense going back and watching it now? Not really because he's already locked in. So why why not? All right, I'm going to finish second. Good yeah. points today. I get why he tried going for the win because mm-hmm. Chase came, came from nothing. He's one of these rare NASCAR drivers that is not funded. Yeah. Doesn't come from money. He had to work for what he's got. But, man, tough break. Tough break. And and imagine that, Kyle Busch backing into that win. I know, which is really incredible. He talked about about the sport going backwards and then yada, yada, yada. And telling Alex Bowman, will you just back into everyone? How ironic. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, pretty ironic. And, you know, Kyle Busch, and there's a lot of people that don't like him and that whatever, but I, I I don't blame people who don't. Yeah. But when you talk about drivers, you know, he is now, that was his 60th win in, in the cup series he is ninth most all time and he is the most he is the winningest active driver like that is really saying something and he just tied richard petty's streak of 18 years with a win that is incredible to have that kind of right like think about some of the best drivers ever like look at dale earnhardt Right, he didn't have he he didn't go eighteen straight years with the win, or a Jimmy Johnson, or you know what I mean, like or a Jeff Gordon. Like you talk about oh, that's the so hard. That is the the you know you are in elite company, and not only that, you know Richard Petty did that in an era where keep in mind one of the reasons the modern era was brought about was because of Richard Petty, right, and the cars that he was driving, you know, like that that was one of the reasons the modern era came into existence where it was like, look, we got to, we got to kind of rein these things in. We've got street cars that are built like race cars with wings and spoilers and, and guys who were winning by, you know, who were lapping the entire field. And Kyle Busch has done it in an era where everything is much tighter and much closer. And he's a, like him or not, the dude can drive and he's one in everything, no matter what it is. So yeah. congrats to him on that, because that's a huge, huge deal. And I'm not necessarily the biggest Kyle Busch fan. I like Kyle Busch. He's a hell of a race car driver. But I really got to pat him on the back. Because mm-hmm. he, he is stepping outside of the box. Just like everybody, all the younger guys are. He's going out and running micros now. 
with yeah. his voice, which I think is great. That oh is yeah, so awesome. Yeah, it's really and cool. I've been in a couple arguments with people over Kyle Busch racing in the Xfinity series and the Truck series. I think it's great that he does it. Yes, I think it's good too. I mean, if I got a a son or I'm a car owner and I got a chance to race with Kyle, not saying that we were going to beat him, Mm -hmm. but to just follow him and see what he does. And it, it brings more people in to watch for one. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. There are a lot of Kyle Busch fans in racing. So if he comes say to Kansas and he's going to run the truck race, maybe they sell couple more hundred tickets than what they normally would. I just think it's it's so funny that they're oh you can only run five races in yeah. trucks infinity, even though you own the team and s- certain sponsors are gonna jump on board and just want to sponsor you in the truck series. And I, I just think it's I'm not saying we need to take a step back and go to two thousand six era where Kevin Harvick won the championship or even from moving forward. I'm not saying that. Maybe let him run 15 20 races yeah i i'm with you i think i i understand where look you're you're running cup full-time you know it's like you know people hey, always make the argument yeah I, you know I, I do and people make the argument like look we wouldn't allow a major league baseball player to go down to double a and play it's like no i get that but at the same time you're right he does bring a lot of exposure to those lower levels and not only that if you are an up-and-coming driver Right. If you are one of these, you know, if you're a Noah Gregson, for example, and all of a sudden you're on the track with Kyle Busch and you go out and you beat him. Well, that that does something for you as well as a driver. Right. Not only does it raise your um, standing in terms of people noticing you being like, dude, that guy just beat Kyle Busch. But also, yeah, your stock goes up and your confidence goes up when you can go out there and run with the best of the best and beat them. Now it's like, dude, I can do this. And that is such a huge factor. Yeah. And a great example is Chase Briscoe two years ago. Look what he did at Darlington racing Kyle Busch for the win. Mm-hmm. That could have helped him propel him to the Cup Series. Not saying that it did, but it could have. Because, I mean, he flat out drove Kyle Busch. Oh, I yeah. I feel like if you do that in a lower level, all right, let's let's move him up and see what he can do in a big car now. Yeah, exactly. It does. It definitely definitely shows people that you've got, you know, what it takes. And that's, you know, that's half the battle. It really is. That, so. it, it, I might even be easier to sell yourself to future sponsors. Like, Hey, look, I went to Darlington, one of the hardest racetracks on the schedule. And I beat Kyle Busch mm-hmm. just out completely out drove him and which he did. But that's besides the point. Um, I tell you what surprised me with Bristol dirt, Kyle Larson expected him to run better <laughs> I, I did too he still finished like fourth though but <laughs> i mean no call in the race. <laughs> i mean he was almost non-existent for the most part i expected him to come in and in a run at least and lead a lot of laps uh, let me put it that way yeah i expected him to be to be better as well uh, flip side you. flip side christopher bell had a hell of a day though yes he did he also had a good night he ran really, really well. Kevin Harvick did not, though. <laughs> no, Kevin Harvick had a tough night. You know, he, he really did. did. But uh, I think he's probably one of the ones kind of pissed off today, knowing that, damn, we got to go back to Bristol and run on dirt. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And next week, we've got Talladega, which we know is going to be um, interesting because anytime we do these restrictor play races, things are always, always, um, exciting. Now at Daytona, we talked about it. Uh, I actually liked these cars better with the, in the draft and stuff like that. Um, Daytona is a little bit different than Talladega. You know, it's a little bit tighter. Uh, handling does matter a, a tiny bit. I mean, it used to matter a whole lot more at Daytona, but but now not so much. Um, but at Talladega, you know, it's it's not nearly as big of a factor. And so it's going to be interesting to see um, what happens because we just, we're going from basically the two extremes, right? We're going from a, a short dirt track to uh, the biggest speedway on the schedule. So should be, uh, should make for a interesting, interesting week of uh, racing 
I think it's um, in the Cup Series. Yeah, I, I'm thinking so too. I think it's going to be crazier than Daytona because the way that Brett Griffin and Freddie Kraft was talking in that Twitter spaces, they're even predicting it to be pretty wild. Yeah. So, so when they're saying that, you know, yeah. it's going to it could it could get very very interesting. Yeah, it could. I'm looking. I'm actually looking forward to it. So it'll be interesting to see to see what happens. But moving on, big news coming out um, over the last week, and this is something that I I have talked about a lot. I I know me and you have talked about it here on the podcast. Um, one of our biggest gripes that we have had with NASCAR over the over the last you know decade plus was pretty much my personal feeling was is I thought they lost their way right they tried to they tried to be something they weren't they tried to bring in all this corporate money which I understand when you're a business and stuff like that you 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 know that that you're not going to turn down money I get it but where what really screwed him over was trying to capture the casual fan and racing is just not that it's not for the casual fan. It's for the fans, the hardcore fans. And during that process, we lost a lot of, in at least in my opinion, we lost a lot of what I thought made the sport so unique, whether it was the personalities of the drivers or rivalries or certain sponsors, or in particular tracks, you know, there was a lot of really cool tracks that we don't go to anymore. Uh, one of those tracks, which was literally one of my favorite tracks to watch when I was a kid, was North Wilkesboro. I loved North Wilkesboro just because of the way that it was. I thought it was so cool that you had this track in the middle of nowhere, like on a hill. Um, it was just such a unique track. And the last race there, I, I remember watching it, and it sucked. You know, that that was going to be the last time that they were going to go to North Wilkesboro. Now, I never thought that it would be like... I thought... I thought personally, and I was fairly young at the time, but I thought that they would end up back there. I was like, they're not going to not be at Wilkesboro forever, right? They're, they got to eventually go back. And I was way wrong on that. <laughs> like, I was way wrong. Um, but big news came out that North Wilkesboro racing is coming back to North, North Wilkesboro, um, which is really incredible. Now, the company who do, who owns Bristol does they just put on the Bristol Dirt Show. They're the ones who own North Wilkesboro Speedway. And um, for those of you guys who haven't been following, there's been a big push in the state of North Carolina. So a lot of actual government money has gone into kind of um, whatever you want, reviving, revitalizing, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, the racing, uh, just racing in general in North Carolina, but more spe specifically towards the tracks and, you know, things like that. Um, I saw a really cool post that showed, and I wish I, I should have saved it because it was so interesting, but it talked about the number, you know, there's thousands of sh uh, dirt tracks in america with thousands of people that go each week and if you add it all up it's more than the nba the nfl the you know basketball nhl like all the sports combined and there's more people going to those dirt tracks your local dirt track than than all the major sports in the country combined and it was a really cool thing to see because it shows you just how big of a deal racing is where racing is a big deal and that's the thing that people don't understand right you go to certain areas of california people are like that's the stupidest thing ever you go to a place where racing is popular though and it's life or death it's like football in the south right you go to texas you know west texas and towns are shutting down it looks like something out of a movie like that's not a joke they really do that crap where they're like the the general stores like sorry you need milk i'm at the football game right racing's the same way when you go to places right i mean keith you know you go to place like you go to indiana right like it's it's a big deal. You know what I mean? Open wheel racing is a big deal. You go to North Carolina, NASCAR is a big deal. And Wilkesboro is coming back. Now, the plan is, is there's going to be two months of racing. So in August, they're going to be running a race every single day except on Sundays. So Sundays are the only days that there's no racing. And Wednesdays are going to be the features. Now, I'm not fully sure how they're how they're doing this what they mean by that exactly so my understanding of it is is like each week i guess is like 
it, there's going to be one or two classes. So like the first week they're running Hornets, right? Which are like little four cylinders. And then the next week they're running super late models. And then the next week is street stocks and pro late models and then limited late models and, and the open wheel modifieds. And then they're running late model stocks, right? Things like that. And they have practice one day they're running, you know, uh, you know, events or, you know, qualifier races the next day and then on Wednesdays and Saturdays I believe is what it is they're running the features and in August it's going to be pavement and then on October it's going to be dirt they're ripping up the asphalt the pavement and they're putting in a dirt track and then after they run the dirt in October from my understanding they're supposed to be repaving the track and updating it and to me, this is the chance for all of the race fans out there who have been saying, look, you know, we don't need this, this corporate crap, right? Like, like racing is for us. Like we want it to be the way that it is. Here's your chance, right? Like here's your chance. You really truly believe that get out to the track, right? Cause if nobody shows up, I don't think they're going to be doing anything with North Wilkesboro. Help, you know help what I mean? Change it. Don't don't yeah, be part exactly. of the problem. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, right? Now, I can tell you right now, I'm not going to be there because it is literally the furthest point away from me, right? Like the only place further <laughs> away from me is like New York, okay? So, I will not be there unfortunately. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. There's a small chance I might make it in October. Very, very small. I don't want to I don't want to commit to that yet, but there I don't want to say for sure. But there's a small chance I might make it in October. Um, for the dirt stuff, but the asphalt stuff, I'm not going to be there in August. I won't be there for that, but e what were you going to say? Either way, I think it's great that it's coming back. I do too, man. I think it's awesome. And the fact that they're doing this at North Wilkesboro, which is such a unique track, you know, like I said, it's such a unique track and you look at, you know, when you think of NASCAR, you think of North Carolina, you know what I mean? Like that's where it got its start. And, you know, a track like North Wilkesboro was synonymous with, with NASCAR. Like, it was a big look at, deal. Look at all the history that that yes. race holds. Like, if it could talk and tell stories. Yeah, exactly. one where you want to sit down and listen. Exactly. You know? And so, if you want to see Wilkesboro the way that it was back in the day, right? Because this is, I mean, this asphalt, this is going to be the last time you're going to get to see it like this. And then they're going to rip it up. Now, in terms of renovating it, because this is something that I've heard mixed things on. And I, and I, to be honest, I don't think anybody but the, the ones doing it fully know what it's going to look like. From my understanding is, is they're going to be updating all of the facilities obviously they have to put in luxury boxes you know that the garage needs a lot of work there's one part of the garage that is literally collapsed um you know so they're going to be updating a lot of that stuff but i'm i uh, this is not going to be a you know turn it into you know like the Wilkesboro version of Las Vegas. Like that's, that's not going to happen, right? Where it's going to be this completely modern racetrack. I think they're going to just update what they have. Yes. They have to get safer barriers on it and they have to, you know, do all those types of things. But in terms of, you know, the grandstands on things like that, I think it's going to have a very still like old school retro feel to it. I'm not expecting to see you know, as this, it should. Yeah, right? You don't want it to be modernized, right? You want it to be updated so it has modern amenities in terms of like, I want to be able to use the restroom, right? Like, I want to be able to sit in the grandstands and know they're not going to collapse because of rust, but I don't want it to look like a brand new... I don't want it to look like Fontana. I want it to look like Wilkesboro. So, from my understanding, that's what they're going to be going with. Who knows what it will actually look like until it's all said and done. But I thought that was really, really cool. When I first saw that, I at first I thought it was a joke. But then I saw it pop up more and more places. And then I actually heard Dale Earnhardt Jr. talking about it. And he's saying he wants to actually race the late model stock race, which would be huge, obviously, for for just the exposure of this whole thing to have someone like that show up and race, which would be really, oh, really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'm hoping other drivers. Up. Yeah. Yeah. For him to show up and run there. Mm -hmm. Imagine what that would do because his dad cut his teeth there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All those I mean, old NASCAR guys. Yeah. Do, man. 
great for the sport. Absolutely yeah. great for the sport. Not saying that, oh, it's going to hold a cup race because we don't know. Nobody knows yet. No, and from my understanding, but... Marcus Marcus Smith, the head of um, SMI or whatever it is, they he has said that they would like to see a truck race there and potentially even an Xfinity race there. And I think it would be perfect. Absolutely yes. perfect for it. Yes. Me too. Especially as a good test. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, exactly. Because they're not just wanting to it to be just a racetrack. He's also, from my understanding, is, is they're wanting to make it also kind of like a destination spot for other things. So kind of like how Charlotte Motor Speedway has auto shows and stuff like that. They want Wilkesboro to have something like that too, where it does other things, right? Can generate revenue from other ways besides yeah. just racing. I didn't realize till now, till you mentioned it, that they were actually ripping the old pavement up and putting, I knew they were going to make it a dirt track, but I didn't really know if they were going to put dirt down on top of the pavement or what, but it's good to know that they're going to repave it. Yes. Now I'm curious to know is how much credit does Dale Jr. get? Yeah, he, now he, I actually heard him talking about it um, because I was working, well, I, I, I work every day, but this morning at about 3.30 a.m., I was up working on uh, the stuff for the School of Sim Racing business, and I listen to podcasts and stuff like that while I'm doing it because it's 3-something in the morning. I'm trying to basically stay awake, and he was talking about it, and his thing was like, you know, there's been a lot of this stuff that's been happening, um, you know, his co-host, whatever, Mike Davis was like, look, I'm not saying we are responsible for this because we're not. He goes, but the attention that we brought when they got iRacing to come out and scan it was a big deal. And that, yeah. if you look at the timeline, that's kind of when everything really started to pick up. You look at iRacing coming out and scanning it, you know, they're, you know, if you look at Dale Earnhardt Jr. and the rest of those guys, like in iRacing's, like their goal or envision was really to, be like, hey, let's memorialize this in sim racing, right? We can actually use this as a as as a time capsule, right? We can preserve a, history. And it was a big deal. Yeah, it was, it, huge. it was huge. It was huge, man. I know for a fact I I got it that day that it came out, and oh, I me too. Thousand laps there just because it's old it's historic racetrack, yeah. and it's never been on any type of video game that no, I'm aware. Uh-uh. Not that I know of. It was never and, on any of the old NASCAR games or anything like that. And I think what really made it come to fruition is getting the old style cup cars into iRacing. And then you could take them to North Wilkesboro. And now I think the door is open Yes. for all these old racetracks that have either been A, ran down, or mm -hmm. B, just abandoned Yep. to make a comeback i mean we see it with rockingham i mean how many yep. times a year do we hear that rockingham's hinted to coming back i wish mm -hmm. it would rockingham was my favorite racetrack to watch a race at on tv i've never been there to watch a race because about the i was still too young because they closed what 2004 was the last time they were there yeah it was yeah. early 2000s yeah but i mean round of applause to dale jr yeah Seriously, I know he man. don't want to take any of the credit for it, but I remember what was it last year that they brought a tie racing and months leading up to that. He was at the racetrack pulling weeds. Yeah, they were weed eating and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I mean, I it think it's a great. big deal. Yeah, it really was. And in, in North Wilkesboro, it just started, it started a domino effect. Look at um, Nashville Fairgrounds, for instance. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's, that's a good follow-up. I mean, I don't think they're going to stop with just North Wilkesboro. I hope they don't. No, and from my understanding, they're not. There's a lot of uh, these other tracks that they're wanting to. Like I said, there was government funding behind this um, and to that, kind that of revitalize this stuff. Yeah, it helped a lot. If it yeah. wasn't for that, we probably wouldn't be talking about it. Well, no, because that's a lot of money that these companies have yeah, to put up. I think they got, what, $36 million to go towards the racetrack, which is awesome yeah it was a big amount of money for the whole entire program and i mean when you start talking about you know 
the cost to just revitalize a racetrack, right? Not build one, just revitalize one, update one. It's tens of millions of dollars, depending on the size of the track, right? Oh, and then think about resurfacing it. Yeah, and then there's no, and here's the thing, there's no guarantee of a return on that investment. There's no guarantee, right? No. So it was a really big deal for the government to step up like that, which I think is cool because like we said, you know, it, NASCAR is synonymous with the state of North Carolina, right? It's it, they're so intertwined in terms of their history um, and, and what they've done for, for each other in Absolutely. terms of racing. That's like, just where racing's from. You can't mention Charlotte, uh, Concord, or even Winston-Salem, South Carolina. I think it's in South Carolina, but either way, it's in the Carolinas. Yeah. You can't mention them towns and not think NASCAR. Yeah, that's what that's where like that's where it started. And so yeah. to see this stuff kind of making a comeback, I think is really really cool. It just it it makes me it it you know, and look, I'm 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 getting old. You know, I'm 39 years old now, but it makes me feel like a kid again because like those the seed stuff being done to those tracks that I grew up watching and love because I'm with you. Like I always loved Rockingham. I thought Rockingham was such a unique track. It was so different in terms of how it was like it just there was no other track like it oh. you know and to see a track like that or to see a track like wilkesboro you know getting the attention and the love that i think they deserve you know I, I think it's awesome so we'll see what happens you know hopefully if you live in that area and you love racing head out to wilkesboro yeah man support it because this sure. is uh this is huge even if sure. even even if all wilkesboro gets is a truck race like that's awesome Still better than nothing, though. Yeah, and you know what? I think it'd be great. And look, even if they're running ARCA or super late models or the tour mods or, or whatever, right? Like, yeah. just don't let the track at just go to waste. At least there will be car racing on it. Yes, and that's doesn't the thing. necessarily have to be cup cars. But, no, it doesn't. I mean, you can go back and listen to previous podcasts that we've done. And you could hear me preach. We need more short tracks. We need to get back to our roots. And this is a good step in the right direction on going back to where you've watched. I've mm -hmm. watched. My my dad's watched. My grandpa. Mm -hmm. I think it's awesome. Yep. I mean, I'm just tired of the plain old same cookie cutter racetracks. Yeah. Unfortunately, a cookie cutter racetrack in my backyard, Kentucky Speedway. I guess you you can classify it as a cookie cutter per se. Yeah, but it, it's sitting empty now. Now yep. it's questioning on: Is it going to end up the same way? Yep, probably. I mean, there's a good possibility Kentucky Speedway will be torn down. Yep, yep. Just the world we live in. That that's the way is. race is progressing, and it sucks. But I, I'm okay with losing Kentucky Speedway if we can bring North Wilkesboro back. Yeah, I'm fine with that too. I mean, I hate that for you people in Kentucky, but uh, yeah, I, I'm fine with that too. You know, go, go, go do your horses. All right. Let's, let's leave the racing I'm, in North Carolina. Fortunately, I'm close <laughs> enough to where I could, I could wake up one morning and if Kentucky's running or if Indianapolis is running, I could, all right, do I, do I go a little this way or do I go a little that way? So, yeah, there you go. So, so big news, man, which is really cool. I was really happy to hear that. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm Attic. hoping... I'm hoping that there's going to be, I mean, I would imagine with all of the streaming platforms and stuff that I, even though I can't be at those rates, I'm sure I'd be able to racing probably might get involved. Yeah. I would imagine we'd be able to stream it or something. So, cause I, Cause I they, do want to watch it. Cause flow does have a contract with NASCAR. Yeah. So may, maybe they'll stream the, uh, North Wilkesboro stuff. I hope. Cause I'd, I'd love to watch the asphalt and the, I'd love to see how the dirt works out. Yeah. And the dirt, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that because the dirt, they're going to start off with the Hornets again, the low four cylinders, but they're going to be running super late models, street stocks, uh, crate super late models, crate. Yep. open wheel modifieds. They're going to be running 410 sprints and big block modifieds at North Wilkesboro. And I, I would love to see that, man. That is because Wilkesboro is a huge, that's not a small track. Oh, no, not by any means. It's, no. It's decently sized. <laughs> yeah, it's like six-tenths of a mile or something like that. Like, it's a big track. Now, because of the way that it's shaped, you can you can kind of finagle, I guess, the measurements on it if you wanted to. But it's this is not a half mile. Like, this is a big track. So yeah. I'm like, really think, interested to see what they're going to do with that. You think the Outlaws of Bristol would be wild? Imagine taking them to the North Wilkesboro. 
Yeah, exactly. That's see, that's what I'm wondering because I'm curious to know if they're going to shorten it at all. Being that they're going to rip up all the pavement, I wonder if they shorten it a tad bit. That that is a very good question. Yeah, they could. They absolutely could. Because you would think, because Wilkesboro is not really a high banked track. I mean, at least the asphalt uh, is not it's shorter. It's or flatter. Yeah, you know, it's a flatter track. I mean, it's it's on that hill, which makes it unique. But one and two is really, you know, where you're going downhill. It's a really flat corner. Three and four has a little bit of a banking to it because you kind of, it's almost like a diamond yeah. kind of line that you run through there. But it's not a very banked track. There's not a ton of banking through the corners. Um, so the picture that Barry Braun posted out, I don't know if you've seen it, which I could send it to you real quick. So he, he sent out a little teaser of Wilkesboro with dirt on it. And I swear it looks like they're testing it on iRacing first. Well, that could very well be. And that's something that a lot of people don't realize. I think I think well, this I mean, is well, one of the really cool things that is coming is happening because of all this stuff with Wilkesboro is I think a lot of these sanctioning bodies are starting to realize that sim racing in particular, I racing can be a valuable tool. Exactly. Like Atlanta motor speedway. Exactly. They, they created it on iRacing before they went out and did it. Yeah. That's how they tested it. You know what I mean? Like the chili bowl, when they were having a problem with the actual real life chili bowl, like they went to iRacing and iRacing was like, look, we got all the later scan data. Here's the problem. This is what you need to do to fix it. Like, I mean, like they, they're starting to realize that this can be a tool. Like sim racing is not no. a replacement for real life racing. It never, no, it, will, it never be. will be. No, but it can be a valuable tool in terms of whether you're talking about marketing or growing the sport or just getting exposure or whatever. There's a ton of ways that they can use it. And I think they're finally starting to see that. And it's it's cool to see something like Wilkesboro uh, come to fruition because you can absolutely put a, a lot of weight of the, the sim racing factor into it. Having so, it scanned and doing the, the invitational races during COVID, all that yeah. stuff like that made a difference. And look at the Chicago street course, because I'm I'm almost certain we're going to see a street course on the schedule soon. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why they added it on iRacing, created it there. But I mean, even then, speaking on it being a an awesome tool, yes. think about how many times a day that you could get on here, get on iRacing, and race with 95% of these real-world race car drivers. Yeah, exactly. Like I told, I can't remember who I said it to. I was like, it. it's not like you can jump on the latest MLB game or NBA game and play with LeBron James or Dale Jr. or any of these big guys, because you can't. No. You know, I'm sure you can, but yeah. you can't. Yeah. You can jump in here and just like last night, Dale Jr. was running hosted races on iRacing and hosting races. I think that's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing, dude. It's incredible. It's a great tool. I mean... With me, the reason why I got behind iRacing and got it is I'm unable to race, so it's my home away from home now. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah, um, I, I, I got that picture you sent to me. See, that it, it does... It's like they threw dirt down in iRacing just to... Kind of see, exactly. That does look like it. But you know, and you know what I think the track will look like? I think it's going to look like... Um, it'll, it's going to be similar to what we would see when we did the, when they used to run the Sacramento mile out here at the horse track. Yeah. I think it's going to be that type of track. It'll be a, a, a wide flatter track, right? They're not going to put banking on a it. Lot you know, like doing mile. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think it'll look something like that because yeah, Wilkesboro is, it's like 6.6 miles or it's bigger big. than a half mile. It's a big track. It's a big yeah. track. It'd so, be fast and dirt. Exactly. So. It'll be fun, man. I'm definitely looking forward to it. But yeah, that that dirt race um, with the four tens and the big blocks is going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. So, but yeah, speaking of dirt racing, we'll wrap up the show with I this. Got some, I got some news for that. You do? All right. Well, first of all, we had I-55 the last this last weekend. Uh, night one got rained out, but night two, Carson Macedo got the win. Macedo has been really good. Consistent. Uh, yeah, man, he's been really good. Macedo got first, and then on the podium with them was Brad Sweet and Logan Schuhart. It's a really good race. Did you happen to catch any of this race? 
I did not, unfortunately, but I did see a picture of the racetrack after, and holy cow, the ruts were deep. I seen a picture of a kid laying inside of a hole. And yes. if you weren't paying attention, you didn't see him. Yes. It was uh it was pretty crazy. Um how how rough the track was. Now I did not get to watch the whole race, um, just because we had so much going on this weekend with the holidays and stuff like that. But by far the coolest thing that I saw was was Sheldon Hoddenshield. So Sheldon Hoddenshield wrecked on it was like lap I wanna say six or seven. Yeah, it, was it was early in the race. Really, what I heard. Early in the race, yes. And he actually like flipped. Like he flipped and went to the work area, got repairs done, and then came back out onto the track in twentieth and then literally finished fourth. Like the kid How on a freaking show, that? dude, like was just on the throttle. I mean it's one of the reasons why I love watching Not him. Dude. Yeah. Not it was surprised. absolutely <laughs> like he was absolutely the star of the show. Like no no disrespect to Macedo. It was an awesome win for him. And like we just said, sure he's Jack been super in the car? consistent. Dude, it looked like old school Jack. Like it really did. If that car had been painted like the Pennzoil car, you would have been like, oh Jack's back. Like it, it looked like that. He why I like charged him. through the field, man. It was so impressive. It really it's was to root against Sheldon though. It is. It's stuff like that. Like, that's one person that you could be like, oh, he could go from the back to the front and mm-hmm. probably twice. Yep. And put exactly. a show on doing it. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty good race. Like I said, I didn't get to see the whole thing. I ended up catching the highlights and then going back and watching the, the event and stuff like that. And it was really, really good. But, I yeah. yeah but I'll have to go back and watch the highlights. Of it. Yeah, it was good, man. Because, yeah, Sheldon Hodgshield puts on a show. Uh, Macedo, he ran an awesome race, got the win. Uh, Shuhart finished second, Sweet was third, and yeah, I mean, Macedo, once again, another solid finish. I mean, obviously getting the win. I'm not surprised with Macedo. And, he's been consistent. Yeah, he's been really, really good, and now Macedo is tied with David Gravel for second in the points. Um, They're right there behind Brad Sweet. They're they're only 48 points behind, and he's been looking good this year, man. Um, That is not someone that I was thinking a whole lot of, you know, I, I really thought Sheldon was this was going to be his year, and look, yeah. it's still very early. And Sheldon's fourth right now; he's only seventy points behind. But you know, it may sound like a lot, but it really isn't. No, it's in, not. In dirt racing, that's not a lot. Brad Sweet has two, maybe one bad night, and it's tighter than what it is now. Exactly, you know, and that's the thing is that you know, Macedo's got the most wins in the series now. I mean, he's got three wins on the year, and he's been Crazy. normally he has been a slow starter you know he usually doesn't start like you don't start hearing his name a bunch yeah until like the end of may the beginning of june like you know summertime a lot of tony stewart in nascar when tony would get real hot in the summer months Mm -hmm. and just real cool and he would just be making people yeah that's carson macedo but in in the outlaws but he's been real consistent this year yeah it surprised me like i didn't even have him as my dark horse for the championship no I can change that now. Yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> yeah, he's been running really, really good. So, yeah, congrats to him. Outlaws are – they've got um, – this weekend they are at – what is it? Tri-City. So they've got Tri-City this weekend uh, in Grant City, Illinois. Then they go to Tri-State in Hopstot, Indiana. My town. There you go. And then after oh, that, yep, the next week they've got the – They've got the Bristol, the Bristol bash. So that's what they'll close out um, April with. So uh, starting to, starting to get, um, to get exciting, man. I'm looking forward to, I I cannot wait to get to some outlaw races this year. I really, I really think that the championship this year and the outlaws, especially on the sprint car side, is going to be a lot tighter than what it's been years past. Cause what was it last year? All Brad Sweet had to do was unload his car at Charlotte and he won the championship. Yes. I don't think it's going to come down to that this year. No, I don't, I don't think so either. I really don't. I think it's going to be I, um, much closer. I think go, going into the finals at Charlotte, it's going to come down to the top three in points. That I I can absolutely see that, man. Maybe top four, but I'm definitely saying top top three. 
I can time. really see that. I mean, if you told me right now that the championship's going to come down to the the top four right now, I mean, you're you're, you're it's Hot and Shield, Gravel, uh, Macedo, and Sweet. I mean, Sweet's leading the points, but those four, and they're within seventy points of each other. You know, and they've all been solid this year. Now it's a long yeah. season. There's still a long way to go, but every one of those guys has shown the ability to be fast and be consistent. But man, if one of them catches on fire between now till June, July, yes, could be tough. Especially mm-hmm. if it's like Sheldon or even even a dark horse and Logan Shuhart, if he catches fire, yeah, could yep. could be. Yeah, because Shuhart's another one who's really fast. Yeah. And in and, and Jacob Allen, his teammate, he's shown a lot of speed too. Yep. Yep, he has. It's a good so, year for that one, I think. It is, man. It's been it's been really fun. It's been really the, fun racing. The racing's been a lot tighter this year than it has last year and the year prior. Don't yes. know what's changed. I think people are finally catching on to Brad Sweet. But Brad Sweet could be Brad Sweet and go out and win the next eight races, and I would not be surprised. No, me neither. me neither. I just don't think it's going to happen this year. Yeah, I don't think so either. I do. Th- I think he's going to be challenged. I think someone else is going to win it. So, which is the like one which of the things great. I love about dirt it's racing. Yeah, sport. yeah, it I mean, is. I'm not going to say I I don't frown upon the same guy winning every year, but when you go through the Donny Shot stages of seven years in a row, it kind of gets stale. <laughs> yeah, it does. You know, that was the thing when you look at all those years that Kinzer was winning, right? Like he there, Sammy was always there to challenge him. Right. And in one championships and stuff like there was always somebody there challenge him. Now, obviously, Kinzer went on incredible runs and yeah. won all kinds of championships, but there was always that threat there. But it always know? seemed like when Shots was winning the championships, there really wasn't anybody there to really put up a big fight. No, it didn't seem that way. You know, I mean, I know that there was those years where, you know, you had uh, Darren Pittman won the championship one year. Um, hmm. Saldana won a championship. Like, you know, you had these like years where it was just kind of like these one-offs, but there was never shots, never seemed to have that there was never a consistency. That, with yeah. It. That consistent like contender. Brand. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I think sprint car racing wing sprint car racing outlaws is in a very, very good place right now. So before we get off the subject of yes. wing sprint cars, um, I seen a teaser thrown out yesterday by a, a vinyl shop that wraps all these sprint cars. Um, Joey Saldana's son, Reese. They're putting a wing car together for him. I don't know if it's going to be a 305, 360, or what, but there will be a Saldana eventually back in a wing car. Really? Yeah, and I just happened to see the post on Facebook yesterday because I'm friends with Joey on Facebook from when I raced back in the day, and he shared it, and I was like, whoa, all right, because this son's younger. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Huh. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, it's it's funny when you see it's I shouldn't say funny, but it's it's cool to see a lot of these guys where their kids now are starting to get into uh, it. And in and, and a good example to use is look at Mason Hannigan and Randy. Yeah. Yep. So I wonder if that's lighting the fire under Randy. So, Mason, if you're listening to this, tell, tell your dad and show him the picture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's awesome, man. No, that's really cool. I I like stuff like that. I think man. it's awesome. I do too. You know, my son wants to get into outlaw kart racing, and when he talks about doing it, and he he always is like, well, you, like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He he wants to do it, and he and he's like, when I do it, you can do it with me. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know, buddy. That's that's a lot, you know. But then part of me is also like, yeah, I could still do it. Yeah, I'll be the old man out there, but I don't yeah. care, you know? So I would have loved to race with my dad. My dad's never raced before, but it would have been awesome. Yeah. At least say, man, I raced with my dad in this heat race or feature. Yeah, you know, that it would be it would be a cool thing to do. So I don't know. Time, I guess. Yeah. yeah, maybe maybe one day we'll have to wait and see. So but but yeah, so before, before we wrap it up, what's up? I was just going to say, before we get off the dirt track subject, I, w- I want to bring up something. Did you see American Racers post? American no. Racer tire. No, I did not. They have stopped production of sprint car tires and modified tires and late model tires. And the reason why is because 
the shortage of supplies, materials, and employees. And I figured it would start a domino effect, in which it did. The USAC East Coast Series has canceled their races this weekend because of that. Really? Yeah, so the only... I think they're racing at Port Royal Saturday, or they were scheduled to. And I just happened to see a post on it, and they stated only the sprint car portion of Friday's show has been canceled. Wow. Now, did does USAC, the Eastern, did they do they only run American Racer tires? Uh, they run Hoosier. They run Hoosier? So in the post, it said due to the combination of many factors, including diesel, fuel prices, tool fees, and most importantly, the lack of a, availability of sprint car tires. Wow. And I, I think I think it's coming to the Hoosier side, too. And I kind of got in an argument with a buddy of mine yesterday or the day before about this. About He was like, well, why don't they... They just need to open it up. Well, it's not as easy as just opening up a tire roll. No, it's so not. When you, when you open it up and you say, yeah, you can run any tire you want, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to start buying that tire. And then when they're out of that, what, what happens now? Yes, back exactly. Situation. So USAC runs a spec tire. I understand it. I get it. I get why they do it because it, it's even across the board as far as pricing goes. They open it up. It's just going to cause the same headache as we're mm-hmm. going through now. I just, yeah. I think it's that, crazy that American racers stop production. Yes, and that's that. the thing that people that that you have to think about on this. This is not a. This is not um, restricted to a manufacturer. It's not like Hoosier can't get the 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 stuff that they need right it's not like or or american yeah. racer it's not like american racer can't get rubber you know what i mean like it's, it's rubber's not everybody problem. yes you They're know what i mean having an issue with nylon they put yeah. nylon in the rubber and that's what they're running yes. out of yes and and it's it's the combination of that across the board it's hitting all of the manufacturers right like this is not like you can be if you go you know, talk to uh, late model stock drivers, right? They who run Myrtle Beach, like they'll tell you, like, yeah, no, we can't get tires. You know what I mean? Like, there's a tire shortage everywhere. It's everywhere. So, it was only a matter of time before we would start seeing this. It's a bummer that it has come to this. Yes. You and, know. And, and like I told that a friend of mine, it's only gonna get worse before it gets better. It is, you know, and that's something that it's one of the things that has happened with all of this and, you know, and, and people can say, you know, cause I've heard everybody point the finger at something. And yeah. the bottom line is, is that it's not, it's not one thing. This is not a COVID problem or a Russia Ukraine no. problem no. or a president Biden or president Trump or tariffs or whatever, like pick your issue that you want to blame it on. It's not one thing. This was a perfect storm of just magnet, you know, just of just yeah. epic proportions like, that happened to hit at the absolute worst time. Yeah. Like COVID didn't do anybody any favors. At no, all. absolutely not. But I mean, you can't single-handedly blame, well, COVID caused no, me to uh-uh. right retire this week. That, yeah. Uh, and you that know, only I, the first year. Yes. <laughs> and you know, one of the things that I believe will actually see, um, happen, because of all this stuff and it will be a positive in the long run specifically here in the u.s is we're going to see a lot more of this stuff come back to the country in terms of you know we really got a smack in the face where all of a sudden it's like what do you mean we can't get microchips oh we don't make anything here like we get everything from overseas you know i mean like it was a really hard pill to swallow when we realized like oh well this is what happens when everything is manufactured in other countries and you can sit there you know and i've heard people do this you know the greedy business owners and they don't care and they're just selling off to the cheapest but it's far more than that right business owners do it because they don't want to have to pay extra for for these costs and you know there's all these extenuating circumstances this is not a one like i said like we talked about with the it's not this isn't a covid issue it's a bunch of different factors and the same thing with manufacturing outside of the country it's a bunch of different factors and i think one of the things that'll happen which will be a positive is is you'll see 
more of that stuff happening here where we won't have to worry about logistics and international supplies. And it'll also allow for innovation, right? You know, we haven't had to look at, well, should we put the nylon in the rubber? Maybe there's something better that can be done. I don't know. I'm not, I don't, I don't create tires, but maybe there is, right? If you're going to be running out of nylon and you can't put it in your tire, well, you better figure out something that you can put in that tire, right? Hoosier's life depends on it. American racers life depend, like those companies lives depend on it. And it's going to force innovation and changes. Will it be for the best? I think it will. I could be wrong. I'm not an I'm not an economist, right? I'm I'm just some dude. And, but we'll have to wait and see. And here's what scares me with the tire thing. So when I follow along closely on social media with things like that, just because I mean, yeah, I'm not involved in the racing community anymore, but I still mm -hmm. stay in touch. Yeah. So when when the owner of Indy Race Parts Burning tweets out, I'd rather have a rubber tree than a money tree right now you know it's a problem and it's coming and it's coming fast mm -hmm. and it's gonna smack every team in the face that runs dirt and like i told my buddy I, I don't care what tire they run i don't care if they open it up it ain't gonna fix the problem no no nope. it's going this this issue is going to hurt your small budget race cars absolutely your small budget teams are about to get hit the worst because they can't go out and they can't buy x amount of tires they got to buy one or two at a time and when they're limiting x amount per team and say you get casey kane racing they go buy 10 and i can only get two yeah it's gonna hurt it's gonna hurt bad yep and, and i really hope it's figured out before indiana sprint week because i'd hate to see probably one of the most historic weeks in indiana be ruined because of a tire issue yes. but even then like i talked to a usac guy the other day about it the, the another issue is is Hoosier usually when they make a tire they set it off the side because it's got to have its curing time they're not allowing the tires to cure they're when they get them made they're sold they got to ship them out so now you get your tire but it's probably not going to last because it has no cure time on it yes it's yep. only going to get worse it is it is it's an unfortunate thing right now and you know hopefully it will not become so bad and so systemic oh. like you said we don't start seeing these big things these big events you know things and like that get shut that down yeah in any side actually mm -hmm. any side it suck to see because like i told my dad the days of running a tire for qualifying and then just throwing it in the dirt next to the trailer are probably gone yes absolutely you cannot afford to do that right now no, you can't even get the damn tire to do it and you know, well, as well as I know, if you're a small budget guy and you're there, you don't have to even be running at the race, but USAC's there and they're running qualifying. You know, they run that tire just for qualifying. They throw it away. That's fair game. You can go pick it up and put it on your own car. Yes. I've done it. I've done it a few times. I've oh, had absolutely. Like, given to me like, hey, we're not going to run it no more. That day's over. That's, yes. That's the part that's going to hurt the small budget guy because he could go buy a two lap used old right rear for half the price. Mm -hmm. And now these teams are probably going to be like, ah, we could probably get a heat race out of them. Yeah, exactly. Depending on the track conditions. Exactly. It is. It's going to, it's going to have ripple effects and we're already starting and, to see it. And now that it's coming out that way, I'm almost wondering if these teams used that tire dope down in Florida because of that, tried to get the longevity out of the tire. Who knows? That could be i you know i only they will know the yeah. truth behind that we'll i mean know. yeah we'll never know for sure but and look could they be doing that because here's the thing and that's where stuff can get really you know and and like take it from somebody like take it from a recovering drug addict it is amazing what you can justify doing right especially if there's something out there that you can point the finger at right like if i can oh, say yeah. hey look man there's a tire shortage i'm just trying to get the most out of my tire right like i could definitely justify that now are they doing that who knows maybe they are maybe they are i don't maybe know yes but at the end of the day it would not surprise me if you do see teams doing that now, because like you said, it's not a matter of um, just performance. Now it's, it's a matter of survival. You cannot race on dirt or anything without a freaking tire. You got to have it. No. And in them tires, they might last you at night. They might last you a week. It just depends on how much mm -hmm. you run it. 
Yes. And, and, that's, and when you're out there racing to feed your family, you're going to do anything you can to yes. not spend more money with them what you need to. Yes. And that's, and that's the thing. And that was, that's something that I'm actually surprised that we haven't seen with this happening. I kind of thought we would see this by now and we haven't, I thought we would see more of these, these series, these sanctioning bodies being like, Hey, look, because of this, I thought we would have seen a, a spec tire, a required tire, right? A harder compound yeah. just being like, this is what we're running until things get sorted out. Well, um, I know with, with USAC, they, they have a yes, spec. Yes, they right do. Rear, but it's, it's a little medium to soft tire. Mm-hmm. So I thought we were going to see something like that to, you know, for, for them to get more longevity out of them. We haven't, uh, will we, I don't know, you know, I mean, there's obviously, um, you know, there's people out there who've got, you know, they've got what they've got and they're going to run it. So we'll have to wait and see I what know, happens. I know the midget race that Brady Bacon puts on with Shane Stewart. They're allowing guys to run a different compound with the midgets. But if they start with that compound or they start with that tire, Mm-hmm. They have to use it the rest of the night. So they're going to go through and they're going to mark it. So that way they know if you win, oh, you didn't use it. The only way around from not using the same one is if you have a big issue with it. Yeah. Yeah. I still so. don't think that's going to fix the issue. No, it's not. It's not. So hopefully it does get sorted out soon. Um, like I said, we'll have to wait and see, but yeah, that's a, that's a tough break. That sucks for American racer. Um, hopefully this thing, hopefully it gets, it gets sorted out because yeah, it's just, it's been, it's been tough and things are just finally starting to feel like they're getting back to normal, at least in terms of being able to go out and go to the racetrack and stuff. Obviously now it costs, you know, $37 in gas to get there and there's no tires, but, but we can go to the track now and, and then, and you know, watch the races for whatever. You can always worth, pretend so. they're racing. Yeah, I guess so. So think I'll try racing. <laughs> so, but yeah, so hopefully that gets sorted out. But, but yeah, but you guys, that's gonna do it all for this week. Uh, now, really quick, do me a favor. Do us a favor. If you like this, please hit the like button. Um, also, share this man with people that you know that like racing. If you think they'll like this, just share it with them. And get it out there. It helps us grow the show. Like I said, each and every week we are we are seeing the numbers get bigger. Um, it's it's a it's been a slow process, but it's been a process. And uh, you know we we enjoy doing this. And and those of you guys Oil who have messages sure. and stuff, yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. And thank you guys very much for the support. We we really appreciate it. And absolutely, 100%. so yeah, share it and get it out there. And uh, yeah, help this help us keep this train of moving. But yeah, that'll do it. For this week, we will be back next week to do it all over again. So until then, as always, Keith, my man, have a good weekend. Thanks, you too. All right, and we will talk to everybody next week. And until then, take care.